Boom, boom, boom. All right, and we're recording and we're live. Welcome to the Movie Bros Podcast, your favorite new podcast where you come to uh, watch and listen uh, to people talk about old and new movies. Uh, we talk, we review, we share our thoughts and feelings. I am Larry Science. You can't see me right now, but you can hear me because I'm on a cruise ship and I turned off the video to conserve Wi-Fi. Uh, with me as usual is Hilda. Say hi, Hilda. Hello, everyone. And Mike. Throat punch, Mercadal. That's a carryover. People think I'm violent if you say things <laughs> like that. That's a carryover from our kick flicks where it is thematically relevant. Hi, I'm throat right, punch, Mercadal. Right. I'm here to sell. No, <laughs> <laughs> Mike is also 6'5", and I went to a Mornings game one time where he just yelled out, Hey, buddy, the line's back here. And so immediately <laughs> uh, I think of the line's back here. So I, I'll call you Mike, the line's back here, Mercadal. <laughs> I use my powers for good. Yes. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, today we're going to be talking about, for the for the record, if you can hear me, if you listen to the audio version of this, the video version of this podcast exists forever on our Facebook and YouTube channels. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. Um, also, uh, make sure you check out the um, uh, Instagram for Hilda, which is um, at TabletopGamerGirl on right. Instagram. Where she talks about board games, which I want to do a board game stream with you so bad, but it's like distant. We can, I, I don't know how to do it remotely, but we I want to play games with you on Twitch where we just play board games. But I don't know how to I don't know how to work that out. Let's uh let's set up a board game night on a uh, board game arena. I'm playing on there a lot. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. There's a way to do it. Then I'm down. There is, and I have an account, so you can set up a free account, and we can play board games in two different states. Mary, feel That's free to join exciting. us. Exciting. Board game arena. Uh, I like. I love the fact that um, Hilda's like Neri, join us, and I'm like, I don't even have the Wi-Fi capability to keep going. <laughs> yeah, for like an audio thing, like it's so hilarious to me. And join us. Oh, well, why didn't what I think of that? Oh, ships so. getting the Elon Musk internet. I actually, this ship does have the Elon Musk internet, which it's ironic because <laughs> this ship is. The internet has been phenomenal all week long to the point where I downloaded Top Gun Maverick on my iPad in minutes, which is unheard of on a cruise ship. And then it comes time to record a podcast and they're like, nah, we're fine. Nah. We're, it's just it's nothing like, important. And I was like, you've reached your limit no, and now what? you need to be a subscriber oh, okay. to watch what you download. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I had that issue with Hulu all of a sudden. Hulu was like, uh, you're in Mexico now, so we're not gonna let you watch your TV shows. I'm like, but but I've been I've cruised before. And they're like, when nah, are we gonna, we're gonna get gonna sponsored by the VPN? Like, like every other <laughs> podcast. Uh, that'd be great. Uh anyways, um, so we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about Top Gun Maverick, aka Top Gun 2, aka uh, best movie of the year. Uh, and we are, uh, first of all, the movie came out in, I want to say May of this year. Is that correct? Hilda? May, May 27th, uh, April, April. No, May. May 27th. Oh yes. May 27th, May. In the United States. Yeah. Yes. May 27th. Correct. So May correct. 27th, uh, it came out in theaters this year, 20, 2022. For those of you who are listening to us in the future, um, it is a direct sequel to, uh, 19, what was it? 1980. 1986's Top Gun. Um, it says, uh, and uh, I don't know where, where do we even start with this. What's the Maverick is still pushing the envelope as a top naval aviator, 
but must confront the ghosts of his past when he leads Top Gun's elite graduates on a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those chosen to fly it. Directed by Joseph Kosinski. Do we know anything about Joseph Kosinski? Because I feel like that that like this is a big time movie. I, what, like I don't know what he's done. He, oh, he did Oblivion and Tr- oh, he did Tron Legacy too. I didn't know that. Okay, all right. Very underrated movie. Tron Legacy is very underrated. But yeah. we have this movie that is decades later that had been in production forever and like you hear rumors about it so much so that i remember you and i nary went to we we both love the original top gun but that we went to go see top gun when it was released in 3d in theaters in miami mm-hmm. that we just went there and i, I will say, I will say to be theory. fair you love that movie more than i do and to be Absolutely. fair i only went to that because i wanted to see the volleyball scene specifically in 3d mm-hmm. that's in 3D. really what i went for yeah no that's there what is, i went for there's a there's so there's an <laughs> i want the current beach scene in 3d <laughs> oh i i will say and we will get there and miles teller's little dance but that's later on. <laughs> oh, is Miles Teller a, a, one of your guys? Oh, Miles Teller is definitely one of my guys. That oh. is, that is, that's uh, on my list. Oh, Hilda, do you, <laughs> Hilda, no. do you have a pulse? Are, is Miles Teller one of your guys? Was super, really? super yeah. uh, attractive, <laughs> super talented, nice human being. Is he one of your guys? Is he one of your guys? Yeah, yeah, Mike. He's one of my guys. Like I'm not even. I'm, not, I'm like, yeah, man. That guy's awesome. Uh, I, Miles, I, I shimmy on the beach. Miles. God bless him. Oh my God! The shimmy on the beach. The, that was like the scene of the summer, the scene of the year. Miles Teller shimmy on the beach. <laughs> I will say I learned of him through Whiplash. Same. I saw him in Whiplash, which is just a aggressively loud movie about drumming and jazz music and phenomenal. J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller in that. That just fantastic. I but love it. Did that yes. movie come out? Did that movie come out before the the Whiplash come out before uh, Fan Fan Yes, it did. Yes, it did come out before Fan That was kind of like his okay. big. Like people were like, "Oh, okay. there's this guy," where he like learned how to play the drums for the movie and all that stuff. Well, he actually he actually played music. He actually played music growing up because he, he also plays piano, mm-hmm. and like he grew up playing. I think in his, I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was like his community theater or community church, something like that. Then went on to what? No, no, no. Do you think that's what got him the part in Top Gun Maverick? It's like we need someone who embodies the child of Goose. Can you play <laughs> Great Balls of Fire? And then yeah, like right? nailed it in the audition, <laughs> and they're like, "I can't act. I don't look anything like." Well, he does kind of look like him, but it's like uh, mostly. Yeah, oh, he does legit. I think that's what they. I, I was about to say. I, I I wonder if in the audition they're like, "Um, we need you to put this uh '80s porn stash on, and then see <laughs> if if uh, if you could." Oh, look at that! Yeah, you resemble him. Okay, yeah, that's good. Should it's we good. tell you we are joking about the Top Gun workout like all summer, like after we saw this movie? Because you want to talk about a glow up, like. Miles Teller glow up. There's like pre and post Top Gun Miles Teller. Like same thing for me. Like I first I first saw um, Miles Teller in Whiplash. And when that movie came out, it was really funny because several people were like texting us and they were like, have you guys seen Whiplash? Like Sean looks just like Miles Teller, like this guy. And my husband, like, so we, we, we were watching it and I, we were like, oh my God, like Miles Teller is like my husband's 
doppelganger, right? But now it's like, it's funny. Now there's like pre and post Top Gun Miles Teller because they look so different now, <laughs> like the two of them. But in whiplash he was such kind he was kind of like a like a like a pussy he was like this guy he was like meek and he was like being bullied so it's different in this movie when you see him like stand up for himself or he does get bullied like in this movie too but it's also like they everybody looks like fully chiseled and i will say less shiny and sweaty than in the original (laughs) uh top gun because that was just gratuitously like misted everyone was just glistening in that in that movie um, but there, he's still, he's like, even though he's fully jacked, he's still like the least jacked out of all of them, except for Bob, which I love Bob. I was like, that's not true. <laughs> I, I love Bob, by the way, where they're like, what's your call sign? And he's like, like Bob. Or he's like, what do they call you? Bob. They're yeah, like, Bob. What do they call you? And he's like, Bob. So yeah. like, no, what's your call sign? He's like, Bob. Uh, what if his name is like like Max Power, like in the Simpsons or something, where it's like like a much cooler real name than his than his like call sign? You know that that is so that's um, Lewis Pullman. You know that's Bob. That's a uh, Bill Pullman's son, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, little I, fun I, fact for you there. I think well, we should probably talk about like the the plot of the movie to do like us. Yeah, I guess we should. We got yeah. we got Miles Teller distracted. I was just we got we did get caught up on the Miles. Teller. <laughs> well, yeah, you brought up Shimmy. You brought up Beach. Sorry, Shimmy. What are we? <laughs> That's not supposed all to I've been thinking about. Shimmy for the next ten minutes. What's going on? <laughs> um, this whole podcast. Hi, welcome to uh, Movie Bros Maverick, where we're going to talk about the Miles Teller Shimmy for thirty minutes. I, look, I guarantee you, yes. someone will listen to that. Um, <laughs> I will say that, I, like, like just talking about the structure of the movie, the way they bring you into it, exactly the same start as the original one, where they're shooting the aircraft carriers, which, when you think about it, was a hundred percent gratuitous. Did was not part of the story in any way. It was literally just them, like, hey, remember how the other movie started on an aircraft carrier? Here's an aircraft carrier, so you're right back where you were. And immediately know what's going on, and and then and then it cuts to him in like the desert somewhere. But it pulls well, you right back into the eighties nostalgia immediately. So, and so, the second that sound, yes, that, that bong noise, that yep. that like bong, you know, that that, that like uh, atmospheric like hit. It's like immediately. Mike, you're cracking noise. a lot, man. You're you're cracking a lot. You, we, it's really difficult to understand what you're saying right now. Your your the audio is cracking a lot. Um, I will say that when I watched the movie. Um, I will say that in my mind, I always knew that they were going to do callbacks to the original. And by callbacks, I don't mean story-wise. I mean, like the field. I was like, oh, I wonder how long it's going to take for them to play the song. And they did not waste time. I thought it was going to be later on in the movie. Right? That's the formula, right? Like, wait to the end and then get them within the... But they were like, look, let's get this shit out of the way. Yes, you're going to hear... You're going to hear uh, the Top Gun theme song. Yes, you're going to hear this. You're going to hear uh, Who's Lost That Love of You. You're going to hear this shit. So let's just get it out of the way now while while you can. I kind of disagree with you in the sense of what the gratuitous uh, scenes in the beginning of, of being on a, on, a, on a carrier. Because it kind of showed the audience, like, hey, it, for those who didn't see the original, like, this is how a uh, aircraft carrier works. And you kind of need this like all of these moving parts type of deal. Like, I'm not saying that it was in gratuitous. I'm just saying like, ah, I still, I, I don't think it was pure nostalgia porn at that point. Again, the music, absolutely nostalgic. Yeah. Can you hear me? Am I audible? Nope. 
There's still really low. Really low and cracking. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what happens, man. Hilda, you were saying? I was going to say, I really, I really love where they went with this storyline. Like I can see why Tom Cruise waited so long to kind of say yes, because he had been approached so many times to do Top Gun 2, right? For years. And he, for long, like you, you watch interviews with him. He's just like, it wasn't, wasn't ready or it wasn't the right time or the the script wasn't right. Um, And this was actually first teased that they were going to do it in like 2010. Um, And then they kind of got the, uh, they they got the go ahead to start two years later, um, but um, Tony Scott died, who had been brought on yeah. to be the director. So then, um, this uh, this they actually didn't pick this up back up until 2017, and then the original release was going to be in 2019, and then the pandemic happens, and there were all these things, and and they were they were approached by approached by so many different like streaming services and and tom cruise was like no he's like this is such a big movie like this was filmed for theaters this needs to come out in theaters and so they waited they waited and it was so worth the wait and you you listen to interviews with like even other people other cast members of the movie and they're like yeah like we filmed this thing in 2017 it got you know, put on pause in 2019 and it was like 2020, 2021, is this ever going to come out? And, um, but it was worth the wait. I think it was completely worth the wait. I think Tom Cruise made the right decision there, like not to go straight to streaming, wait for theaters, not just summer blockbuster. It was like the, it was like the year blockbuster. Like our local theater has it back in theaters well, it, it, again right now. Just it, it. kind of, I want to say that he, I want to say that he made the right decision um financially i guess you could kind of say that it made a little bit of money uh if you want to just like, a tad of, uh just a tad on a, bit of money. On a budget uh, of the, 170 million we have we're at 100 we're at 1.48 billion billion, billion. Uh, it is the highest grossing movie of the year uh and uh and which is saying a lot especially in a year that had three marvel properties come out and you're still like and it's still like, a, and it's still top them. It topped Jurassic World, se- uh, a, a Jurassic World sequel. It topped all of those franchises that have built-in audiences that are gonna spend money, and they did. But nothing like Top Gun Two. They were just like, nah, I'm, I'll yeah. give all my money to Top Gun Two. I remember watching this movie, and I was watching it in theaters with Missy. Um, one of the times that I saw it, and I remember I was like, I think it was the first time I saw it. It was uh, my wife, myself, and Missy, and then we went. And I was talking about how good the trailer looked, even though I try to avoid trailers. And during the movie, I texted Missy, this movie is really good. Like during the movie, like the first half hour, 40 minutes of the movie, I texted her. It's really good. She checked her phone like 20 minutes later. She started laughing. And then like 30 minutes later, something else happened. And I was like, no, this movie is really, really good. Like it just it played everything perfectly. The nostalgia perfectly. It played Iceman. It had Val Kimmer, which uh, is a role that Tom Cruise fought for. Tom Cruise is like, Val Kimmer is going to be in this movie. In one way or another, Val Kimmer is going to be in this movie. Because he had throat cancer, and then he can't really talk very well. So he's in that situation. Anybody who's seen the Val Kimmer Hulu documentary knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, I, I was really impressed with Tom Cruise as far as a filmmaker, all across the board, he made no wrong decisions. I'm like, this is per- like perfect. This movie, I believe, is 
far superior to the to the original. This is a sequel that far surpasses the original. In my, in my again, my opinion. I just, yeah. I think. I, I, I mean, I went, I've gone back and seen the original since watching the sequel, and I was like, Nah, man, the sequel is so good. Jesus, it's very, very hard. There's something about these movies when we talk about like, because this, this one and the Return to Oz, right? Like they're both sequels to projects decades later, right? Like right. forever later. And so much has happened that this movie. So my example of like the counter argument to like, oh, they waited and waited and waited. What is uh, Bill and Ted's Save the World? Like the 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 Bill and Ted's Three came out in 2020 and nobody like knew it. Like nobody like it didn't like 2020 didn't deserve that movie. You know what I mean? Because everything got shut down, and like there was you know the whole thing with the Black Widow and everything gets pushed back and it changes oh, the. Mike, time. we lost you. Your audio kicked out. <sighs> I can still hear him. I can still hear yeah, him. I, I can you not hear him? Can you hear me, Hilda? I don't think I, don't, I think Hilda went dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, um, I'll text her. You keep talking. Yeah, yeah. So my only thing is like these pushing these movies back at a time when when theaters were like closed and things were going on where like like even when they reopened there was another problem of like we we. Uh, like you they're limited capacity and there's not gonna be enough money made and everything with these financial decisions to, and then they would put stuff on streaming where i don't even know how much like what the what the dollars relate to whether it's worth it to put it on streaming or not but when i watched bill and ted's i was like oh i would have wanted to see this in a the theater if they would have released top gun maverick in streaming first they would it wouldn't have been any good it would have been it, you need the big screen experience for, for i don't know i have a pretty big screen in my house i i'm not saying that the that the top gun i, I completely enjoyed I mean, my time i guess theaters I, mean and I and i would love experience with yeah. other people like because i would have killed to watch I, this movie with with people in the crowd where there were so many fuck yeah moments that i was like fuck yeah you, you know, didn't like, but you so you didn't see it in you you didn't see it in the theaters no, no, I didn't. I waited. Remember, oh, I, I waited. I, and I I wanted to you, you were harassing me to go see that movie for a long time. And then yeah. I finally watched it, and it was like, oh, fuck, this would have been better in theaters. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, ah. I was trying to, I mean, I think I literally did tell you, I'm like, you have to see this movie in theaters. Like, it's such a big. I again, I'm a big theater person. I love seeing watching movies in theaters, but that goes not just for big blockbuster movies. I, I believe that I just love going to the movie theater. I just I enjoy that. But I also enjoy watching movies in my house. I'm like I I could have gone either way. But I'm one of those people where I have fully watched a movie that come came out streaming simultaneously streaming in and on theaters, and I've watched mm -hmm. the movie in my house and then gone to the theater to watch it to support it. I'm like I'm like oh this is a really good, this is a really good movie. Uh, if I have the time, obviously, but um, this movie was fantastic on all cylinders. Like I, I just, uh, there's so many scenes. I love the fact that it didn't just stay in the planes at the end of the movie. It didn't, it didn't um, well, do what the original the did. Movie? We should like the story, like, cause it starts off with him being like showing him where he is, right? In a that test moment. pilot. He is not, he is so good that when they say there's a line like uh, the opening because i just watched it today before we before we recorded and then so i wrote down like stuff that was like oh that was dope that was dope that was dope and one when he says um he's the fastest man alive yeah i was like yeah 
Yeah, that's what they need to make him. He's literally the fastest person to have ever flown. He is so good that, like, why wouldn't the Maverick of Top Gun 1986 be the fastest man alive if he's that, like, that's what test pilots are. They're putting their ass on the line constantly. He has no family. He has no wife, no kids, no nothing, because he's dedicated to this crazy fucking job. And that's all, like, and even when he pushes it, when uh, when the guy says, I don't like that look, Mav, and he's like, it's the only one I got, which I thought was extra funny because Tom Cruise plays Tom Cruise in every movie. Right. Uh, and I thought that was really funny. Uh, when he goes and he pushes it, like, and he gets to the nine, and then he pushes, he pushes, and he gets to the ten. And then there's that moment where there's, like, the victory, and then it gets quiet again, and you're like, oh, fuck, it's, he's going to keep pushing it. He's going to keep pushing it. The sound in this movie... I didn't understand why I didn't understand why they didn't want him to go and like like we need to like we're supposed to get to nine today. Yeah, but they said nine is not enough, so they need us to go to ten. He's like, but don't go to ten point one. What? I, that would how the fuck does that make any sense? I don't understand how that makes sense. Because the the amount of money put into these experimental aircraft is like if you just because you want to be a, a a a badass thrill seeker push it farther than you're supposed to and something goes wrong which did which is why he gets set down to top gun in the first place is because that shit just cost them however many billions of dollars it took to build it you know what i mean like just make a top gun movie and it would be you're, <laughs> you're just even out uh, how about can we talk about how badass ed harris i mean jesus He's only there he's, for five seconds. I get it. It's like it's good to have him, but he's like that's what I'm saying. He's there for five seconds and he fucking lit that shit up. I'm like, man, fucking uh Ed Harris. What a great I mean, it was so good to see. I'm like, I'm one of those people. If you're gonna do a cameo for the sake of doing a cameo, that's one thing. But like he like literally did a great job. And how great does Ed Harris still look in fucking aviator glasses? Holy shit. At some point, you're just gonna be like, is like just bring the aviators with you, man. I like get, every movie. I, I get what you're saying, but also I don't. Like, like, like it's fine. It's a cameo. It's nice to have him there. But also, oh, I he's, he not did great. Guy, he's not related to anything of the previous one. It's not a throw. It's just nice to have him there. You right. Know I, mean? I, I, I don't need him to have like all oh, his characters important. I don't need that shit. But I did appreciate Ed Harris in an Ed Harris military role. I'm like this. Yeah. I mean, harkens always- back to The Rock. I, uh, when I saw him there and they talk about, oh, that's the drone ranger, right? Yeah. I thought when I first saw this movie, I was going to, I was like, oh, this is going to be the classic, a human versus a drone situation, which I think had been done. And at that point I was like, ah, oh, is it going to be? It's called stealth. Yeah, it's stealth. stealth. <laughs> that's the one. Good Lord. What a, what a dumpster fire. That was, <laughs> um, but like at a certain point, it's like, oh, whatever. But they introduce him, and then nothing happens with that. That's why I was like, oh, okay. It could have, it could have literally been anybody. And yeah, but it was still great to see him. It, I mean, yes, of course, it's Ed Harris, but it didn't really add much. I just thought it was like, oh, well, there's uh, a famous I, friend, you know, like that's a well, it's a, it's a oh. great, and it's I enjoyed the fact that the drone ranger was not some young yuppie. Where they were gonna be like, it's the young guy versus the old guy, and the young guy believes in technology more than the old guy believes that it should be manpowered. It's it was an old guy that's like, well, I don't fucking need you, you stick jockey. I'm like, stick yeah, jockey, you yeah. fucking tell him, tell him, Ed, you fucking yeah. tell him. I don't know. It's a lot of. It's a lot. I completely forgot about him until you mentioned him just now. I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah, well, right. He's in there. Yeah. So I mean, I get it. But also, there's so much more in this movie than that guy. Like, but also, why couldn't they have other people like Sunrise? Why couldn't Sunrise make a cameo? Be be in the movie again. Sunrise was a black guy in Top Gun with the with the mirrored 
with the with the silver mirrored aviators. Oh yes, what that guy went on to be was he was on Walker Texas Sunrise Ranger. was his call sign. Well, yes, exactly. He just passed away like two weeks ago. Yes, that's right. Yeah. He was so in, he uh, like diehard. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 Correct. Uh, so they could have had him in a cameo. I'm like, all right. They also could have had Kelly McGillis. They could have had a whole bunch of people. But they, no, like, no, you could not have had Kelly McGillis. <laughs> no, you could not. There's, have had you Kelly could have McGillis. had her in the movie. It's just because she she's older now. She's just an older woman. He's old. Tom Cruise is old. Yeah, I but think, Tom Cruise. I think Tom if they, Cruise at his I age if, looks, you know, Hilda, welcome back. Hi. So sorry, guys. I had That's to. Okay. I got. <laughs> what were you saying? Uh, I think. I don't, I mean, sorry, I missed up. I had a, some technical difficulties, but I am back now. Um, so I don't know if you covered this or not, but I I don't know if you, like, I agree with you, Mike. I don't know if bringing in Kelly Mills would have been a good idea for this because bringing back Penny was perfect. And it, not talking about the actress, I not agree. talking about, not to, but the fact that you're going to bring in this kind of mystery person who played apparently such an important role in, Again, in the, that it was that it was a one-liner in a bar, a one-liner where he, when he's being reprimanded in the office, you know, and then all of a sudden we meet her and we realize that oh, this has been like an ongoing love story off well, and on. It goes for to show how much decades. time has actually passed. Like right, because, exactly. You know, which honestly, I appreciate. I appreciate that they don't try to fuck with us like so many sequels do. And I, I this. Like, so if you watch 48 Hours and then you watch another 48 Hours, it's supposed to be, like, the next year, like, uh, the next day or something. It's supposed to be, like, right after. Another 48 Hours is supposed to take place right after 48 Hours. But if you watch it, Eddie Murphy has gained weight. And the mm. suit, they, they still kept the same suit from part one, but he doesn't fit the same as part one. So if you watch it, you see those buttons that are trying to fight for their life uh, to stay to stay together or whatever. And it's always weird. And then, and then Nick Nolte has Nick nolte himself into looking completely, you know, older. And you're like, these people are clearly not the same age. There's that. You can't. Why are you trying to tell me that the fucking movie is taking place the next weekend or whatever the fuck it was and that's how i feel about that's what i, I appreciate about this movie i'm like oh i appreciate the fact that they're like hey man it's been a long time let me feel yeah. you know what's happened let me feel you know what's happened yeah. but let me not do it in, with cutscenes. let me just i'm gonna yes. i'm gonna trust you as an audience yeah yeah and and even when it's not to understand and even by me talking even, you're gonna get what there yeah, right uh, oh, kidding, but, yeah, yeah no but like even and like they, they do it in other ways too Right, because you you have it in subtle dialogue where you know he's talking to Penny's daughter at the bar, and it's small talk, and it's like, "Oh, how's your how's your dad?" And she's like, "She's like uh, in you know where, on vacation where, with where, his wife." Where, yeah, why? you're why? like, "Okay," and then um, you know it, Tom Cruise is you know Pete clearly has not he's not wanted to be grounded right so he keeps avoiding all these advancements because it's going to pull him out of the air but you see where he's living in the hangar and it pans like the scenes pan and it's the wall with all the pictures he's watched you know he's watched rooster grow up even though yeah. there's that tension between them so it's like you get this feeling of a lot of time has passed yeah. like uh Goose's son has grown up and he was he played Little League and then he went into the Naval Academy after 
after I delayed him and, you know, but, but even through all of that, he's, he's cared for this boy well, who's now a man. And, really and, and again, 20, 30 years has passed. It's been 30 years. So. We're really slow step in the plot because we don't really have a lot of time to talk about these movies. There's so yeah. much. In these, in these There's movies. so much. Yeah. But what it really is, is the classic military training for a mission and then having the mission at the end of the movie. It's very much training, 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 training. Like the whole point of the original movie, like it wasn't to, to, to go to war. It, that whole shit happened accident, like, Oh, emergency, yeah. a plane crash. You got to go over there and all this stuff. A war might start with the, with the, with the Russians and all this stuff, et cetera, et cetera, which in this movie, it found it very tricky that they could not name the country. At no point did they name the country where this, uh, nuclear base is being built. They just, here's a bunch of mountains. Here's a target, and we're training to go in there. Well, yeah, they don't. They don't want to name a the, country because they wanted to be. They didn't in the first one either. Every they wanted to the theaters. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they they just want. It's clear, like, hey, we're not going to say any movie. We're not going to say any country, but yeah. we want we want all the theaters to carry this movie. It's like, pretty obvious. At a certain I point, they could have they could have literally just yeah. done. It's like what we can't go flying into China. To then be to bomb our targets, like <laughs> there's those jurisdictions we can't go flying into Russia. To then be, you know, like right. like they they can't they they just need to have turn away from the camera at the right moment, and then they could insert the country there. But they show the training. They show him go back to the training. There's always the 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 guy in charge that's the hard ass that doesn't like him because he he's anti authority, and then he's he's got to be the one. Which at a certain point, when like they finally reveal that. Maverick is going to be the one to go on the mission. It's like, of course, there were so many Chekhov's guns in this movie that are perfectly like set up and then pay off later. We're like, of course, he's the best pilot. He's going to go do the mission. You know what I mean? Like, just because he's a dickhead and he and he's bad for authority doesn't mean he's not the best pilot. They're going to go. He's going to. You go know, do it. so it's not just that thing. though. He's so he carries such a heavy weight. He carries such a heavy weight um, when he lost Goose. Right. And he's put in this position now where he's going to, you know, he's, he's training these, he's training these recruits, you know, or these pilots, they're not As recruits, but he's, he's trained. Well, yes, but, but good. also he would, he knew that somebody's not coming back from this mission. Right. That was the whole that thing. Someone's not coming back. And he's, he's like, if I'm sending these men and women out on this mission and one of them's not going to come back, then I'm going to, and I think, I think from the beginning, which is why in the beginning he was like, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. And they were like, no, we want you to train them. And he's just like, what? Hmm. Because he's like, how oh. can I, it's like that, it's that weight. It's that weight of how can I send, how can I send in these, this squad without yeah. me? And, but that's and I'm you, responsible like, for one of them not coming back. For the meta knowledge of the movie, like you're watching, you're not going to go watch the finale where Tom Cruise is standing on the aircraft carrier waiting for these people to come back. Right. It's going to be the supporting cast watching him be the hero, which to a certain extent at the end when they do, they do kind of pull a, a fast one where he gets, he does. I, I, there's a part, there's a part of me that wonders if there's a whole version of this movie where he does die out there. But yeah. and, and it doesn't go into the rescue mission, but or or some some other version of that where like that whole and like what you said where it gets on the ground at the end 
And they end up in, of course, the coolest plane of all time, the F-14 Tomcat, the relic, real strong <laughs> Millennium Falcon in uh, in The Force Awakens vibes. Like, that piece of shit? You know, like, yeah, that piece of shit, that relic is going to be the thing that you were, that is going to get us out of here. That whole pay, there's so many things that get set up and get, and they pay off there, including, like, the the Cobra maneuver, the you, you hit the brakes, I'll fly right by, and then when you see the advanced. Oh, yeah fighter do the thing and they're all like what the fuck you know like because the thing did like a full half spin 180 to come right back around and like there's so much payoff stuff and then especially in the training montages that are uh the yeah the sixth generation fighter they never call it anything uh because they don't they don't call it the f-35 or anything like that because it was actually a failed project all those new planes <laughs> suck they don't do they're too expensive waste of uh, taxpayer dollars which is uh, something i had to put away when I watch movies like this, where I'm like not above military jingoistic propaganda, <laughs> like it's like yeah, fire jets. You know, the, in the original, in the original Top Gun, you know, Iceman was supposed to be played by Matthew Modane. Um, not a, he did not audition. They offered him the role, and Matthew Modane turned it down not once, not twice, but three times because he did not believe in in giving propaganda to the military he's like i don't this is a fucking military just jerk off this is the whole military jerk off movie and i'm not about that this is like telling people that war is good and war is not fucking good mm -hmm. so he did this whole thing where he took a stand and i'm like good for you matthew mundane however it's a fucking great movie you're dumb they talked very really it's a great movie it. how many kills did you get and i was like watching we're like oh he's got he's the only fighter pilot in, in this in the last 40 years that has some term confirmed kills and they never Five. show like yeah what well, the end and they never I show think. they never show like any of the enemy fighter pilots faces because it's like that's a person <laughs> you know like they can't well they yeah it's it's kind of like the it's kind of like the awesome it's powers it's kind of like the awesome powers the henchmen you know, you never know that when the henchman dies and then they, they, that scene where they cut to and it's like they're calling the wife of the henchman and she's like, oh, my God, your dad's not coming home. And it's like, yeah, but he's a henchman. And he's a, yeah. he's a back. Like, you know what I mean? It's a movie. It's, it's, I get it's it. a movie. Also, like, it's a movie. The, the it's, recruitment it's, for the Navy went up like like incredible numbers after the original top gun came out and now it's like oh, yeah but those but those recruitment numbers are by those recruitment like but yeah but 98 percent of those recruitment numbers are by dummies that believe that they're going to be fucking tom cruise <laughs> fucking but dumbasses that's the thing, man. Like, like, <laughs> it doesn't so matter funny. once they got them they got them you know yeah but, yeah yeah that, same thing yeah when rocky came out the the, the boxing gym membership skyrocket and then everybody got fucking punched in the face and like this is not for me i am not fucking rocky oh, thank but but realistically like i do um that away when i watch a movie like this because i fucking love fighter jets man i love this movie as a kid because it was all about like planes and my, my dad was in the coast guard and i was around helicopters and stuff so like i loved the 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 tools used by the military, if it was just to show off and have fun, not to like kill and, and bring war and drop bombs on stuff. Cause it's true what they're talking about. These fighter pilots, they're the best in the world at dropping bombs from a hundred miles away and all that shit. Like he's like, they've never been in a dogfight, And it's like, yeah, it's kind of true. You know, like they, they, they are not practiced at the skills that this yeah. guy has shown. And even in Top Gun, the original, they were talking about how old, like, it's all just training at this point. So it becomes, it begs the question, like, what's the point of all of these fighter pilots? Maybe the drones are the way to go and all that stuff. That's a, you know, Top Gun 3 
maybe, but I'm, but it does beg the question. Like I do when I see these people flying these fucking jets, especially in the shots in the movie as a filmmaker where Tom Cruise is like, no, we're going up in these jets and you're going to film my face go like this. When I hit the, the, the six G's of a turn and I have to like <laughs> bear down. So my, I don't pass out and all that shit. Well, you could see it in the shot. It's like, damn, that's wor- that, that is amazing. That is so much better than whatever green screen you, someone was going to do, you know? Yeah. These I, were, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys covered it when I was having technical issues, but um, th- those scenes were actually filmed inside, like in flight. They like the cast had to go through like a six month uh, training um, before before they were even allowed to to fly. There were like requirements, um, and uh, and it was for those the, because those G forces just make sure that they were physically able and there were um there there was a they outfitted a plane with camera equipment and essentially at certain points the actors were actually directing themselves um up you know up up in the air uh because they were like you just can't you can't fake like you can't yeah you can't fake the the desired effect right it's acting hilda it's acting they're acting you know when the six g's hits you you're just your like blood leaves your brain because that's i that's, love that stuff whenever they put I'm like sorry. The, you're, if you're if you're not if you can't act like you're in six g's while being in six g's then maybe your blood's maybe acting's not in your blood like you thought it was you know speaking of blood work <laughs> like, like apollo 13 is like one of my favorite movies where you like that shit's floating around up there it's not on strings they're not dicking around they're not like pretending and doing all stuff they're floating around in in a, in a set and they have to act with like in zero g's in, yeah. in low gravity and and they went up there and they fucking did the whole movie that way like i i respect that to a certain degree where it's like the realism is is in the like in, in the little things like Tom Cruise didn't have to pull his cheeks down for us to see how hard he was like, you know, like fighting like that. That is the, the environment is inherent in the storytelling, you know, like that, that to me is very, very cool. Um, I, I, I will say there is, there is a lot of this movie that is of course set up in a very kind of, that's the impossible the mission, the mission impossible to, to another Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise movie where like it's, this has to be shot into this perfectly. Two miracles have to happen. I love that that the way of there's a lot of good writing in this movie that it's good writing in the sense of like it's bad writing in the sense of people don't really talk like that, but it's good writing in the sense where it's like this is the shit that you need to know right now and this is how it's going to connect later on and this pays off this way and this explains right. that and you're on board. Like I thought it was really great writing. Shit. There was that scene in the classroom where he was like, "Why is he dead?" And he's like, "Don't tell me. Tell his family. What? He, why is he dead?" Yeah. And then when he says, "Oh, because I didn't communicate," and he was like, "Is there a reason? Is there a good enough reason to 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 his family why he's yeah, one dead? That they'll, one that they'll accept. One that yeah, they'll accept. And accept. it's such yeah. a great line, and it just shows you again what Hilda was talking about: the weight that he's carrying over Goose's death is like, dude, like." Like he's trying to teach these kids, like this is real, like life and yeah. like life and death. This is fucking real. Don't be yeah, you're not you're not the cool kids, bro. This isn't about being the cool kids and slinging your dick around. This is death. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was one line where because because there there was a whole bunch of moments where there was the talk to me goose, and then when yes. it I remember yeah. first time I watched it when a uh, rooster goes talk to me dad. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was like a I was. I did not think I did not think I was going I was so excited going into this movie right 
And I didn't think I was going to, I thought I'd get like maybe a little teary at the end. I was like straight up crying several times yeah. throughout. I was like, oh my goodness. Like yeah. the yeah. scene with Val Kilmer where he's literally just typing on the computer and then Tom Cruise is, yes is, is reacting and just act like doing a one-sided scene like i was like man maybe tom cruise is a good actor he's good at being tom he's, cruise and that was a great tom dude he cruise. is legitimately here's the here's the thing so tom cruise always gets shit because it, rightfully so because he always plays the same character and his character is always the quote-unquote best at everything so whatever movie he's in with the exception of war of the worlds he's always the best whatever the best fighter pilot the best this the best that he's always he always plays the best but in the scenes where it's called for him to be vulnerable such as in war of the wars such as in this movie where he's talking to ice and he let his guard down he could let he he could be pete he's no longer maverick he could fucking be pete where where iceman literally says we need maverick they these kids need maverick and he's not being maverick at that moment he's being fucking pete and he just breaks down from one simple question and he's like you need to let it go and he's like i can't like and he just goes on his whole like like you said one-sided almost a monologue and i'm just like fuck it's so good dude it was so it was so heavy and i and i i thought too it, it came to mind watching it it was like i wonder if there was a bit of tom cruise wondering like to actual Tom Cruise, not Pete, in that moment, like this is gonna be the last time I film a scene with Val Kilmer. You know what I mean? Just because, no. you know, Val Kilmer is, you know, he's he's going through a lot, right? And he's like, oh man, like they're they're being reunited in this sequel decades later. Such an epic movie from the '80s. And then is this the last time that we're gonna be playing these two characters in the same scene together, right? Yeah. And so there was that weight that hit too. Um, I don't know. I just so there were. A lot I, of I thought, and, and the end to that specific scene was perfect too. When he goes, "Who is a better, who is a better uh, pilot yeah. between you and me?" And he was like, "It's been a nice moment. Let's not ruin it." And it's such That's a great. Ruined. It added so much. It added, it added the great touch of levity. Where you're like, "Oh man, this yes. fucking. I, I could watch this all day." Anyways, all right. So we got to move on because we got two yeah. movies to review. But um, let's go to our ratings. Uh, Ron Tomatoes has this uh, critic score at 96% certified fresh for whatever the fuck that means. I used to think I know what it meant, but I don't know what that means anymore. Fresh tomatoes, man. Nobody wants so foggy tomatoes. Certifre- certified fresh, unless you're making a stew. Certified fresh, 96% on Ron Tomatoes. Uh, audience score, 99%. Which just makes me laugh at how there's one person in the world who's like, nope, don't like it. And you're like, but okay. But I, I <laughs> but it's great. They're like mm, it can't be a hundred. There's always that one person who's like, you know what? I don't believe in perfect scores. When your camera's off, <laughs> I could I could hear you making the facial expressions. <laughs> so what do you rank it, Hilda? Uh, yeah, that's your ranking. One, I I absolutely five. love this movie. This was five. probably my. Yeah, five. This was this is I'm going I'm going five rooster mustaches on this. Mm. Five out of five rooster mustaches. Oh, good, good. I I think I'm gonna go. Mike? You know, like the original Top Gun is a five out of five for me. This is a five out of five, but a different five. If that made it's it's five Maverick inbound. Uh, that. It's five out of five, but it's like a different flavor, a different feeling. And like I've aged with the with the concept of the movie. So it's like it was a five then for when I was a kid watching fighter jets. It's a five now for like the 
the structure of bringing up the, the ultimate fan service. Like this was a great fan, way to do fan service right. Okay, but what's your rating system? What's your what's your five, rating system? African bound. Five, five out of five, five. What? African bound. When he says Maverick and Bound, he's about where it's like, who the fuck is that? And then he's flying and he's like, it's Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Maverick and Bound. I am going to go. I am also going to give it a five. I'm going to go five out of five. John Ham's being angry for no reason out of five. <laughs> um, he's you. so angry. He's so angry. Cyclone. He's like, you get the fucking world's best pilot. You get the world's best pilot. And you're like, you just keep looking for ways to be mad at him. You're like, take it easy, John Ham. Um, I, it's like, you, you're, sir, your penis is larger than the man you're, you're angry about. Like, take it easy. Uh, we've all seen that picture, right? With John Hamm with the, with the, with the, all right. Anyways. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go five out of five. I fucking love this movie, uh, entirely. Um, uh, spoiler alert. Woo bro usually does every year. They do the top 10 movies of the year. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to move that over to movie bros because hello, it's a fucking movie podcast. Um, so we've been doing that for 11 years. We've had, uh, the top 10 movies of the previous year and spoiler alert. Uh, this is on there. <laughs> <laughs> This was Shocker, I know. <laughs> um, I, I absolutely, I, I absolutely rush, love this fucking movie, like wholeheartedly. Just return, we're gonna have to rush through Return to yeah. Oz because uh, no, it, it, this is a live podcast, so it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an actual, it doesn't have to be an, a hard sixty minutes because this is an actual live broadcast, so it doesn't, it's not a pre-recorded. So, all right, um, all right, that's a wrap on take one, which is uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, that's a wrap. Take that out. And then now we're going to go ahead and next scene, we're talking about uh, the the weird, super weird and super creepy. Hilda kept fighting for this movie so that we could review it. Yes. Uh, it is. Super weird Hilda. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, this yeah. one, like, I guess you, you've earned your your theme on this show as this if this is your like w the one that you were fighting for like we gotta do yeah. return to oz man it is well, uh, it the 1985 <laughs> dark fantasy return to oz yeah yes why, why uh, does this movie strike you why like hit you so hard like why is this like what is it about this movie that you wanted us to watch it so badly well, in, okay, so for starters, this was one of those movies as a kid that I watched every time I could get my mom to rent it from our local Albertsons because it came in a Disney box. So my mom, my mom was very particular about what I could watch, right? But this movie and The Watcher in the Woods, two Disney movies that probably have like no business really being Disney movies. I don't think people realize they, how fucked up Disney movies were for a while. Like for a phase there, right? In the late 70s, early yeah. 80s. And so I, I really liked The Wizard of Oz as a kid. This was Return to Oz. But then the first time she rented it and I watched it, I was like, this movie's really scary. And I loved scary movies, but I wasn't allowed to watch them, right? So I would have to watch them at friends' house and things like that. So this this movie, um, this movie was just a movie I watched so much as a kid. And I loved anything Bro, that was let's, let's get let me let me give you the, the plot. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Summary: Dorothy discovers she D Dorothy discovers she is back in the land of Oz and finds that Yuck Road is now a pile of rubble, and in the Emerald City is in ruins. Discovering that the magical land is now under the control of an evil empire, she sets off to rescue the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Lion, uh, with her help of her new friends. It's very loosely, very living. Living yeah. fast and <laughs> loose there with the generic uh, description and plot summary. So, um, Mike, to, super to, dark. To, 
This I'm, was, gonna, I'm gonna say that I think sorry. that it leaves out a key element because it says, "Oh, she finds herself back in Oz." No, Do, uh, the, uh, on the IMDb it says Dorothy, saved from a psyche a psychiatric experiment by a mysterious girl, is somehow called back to Oz <laughs> when a vain witch and gnome key destroy everything. Making she was gonna get electroshock therapy, therapy. yeah, lightning yes. bolts into her brain because they thought she was fucking crazy because she they thought. She hallucinated after a tornado destroyed her house. Correct. And in all fairness, in all fairness, if your child, I know neither one of you have kids, but if your child for the last six months has been talking to you as if they lived the story of Wizard of Oz without yeah. Wizard of Oz being a story that you know, you would probably be concerned as well for their mental health. You would probably be like, what? like it's one thing to Absolutely. have an imaginary friend. But it's one thing to have an imaginary friend, but it's another thing to like tell this whole like this is what happened. And then I put water on this bitch and she melted. And it's like, what? Like if your kid tells you that for six months straight, where you're like, it's no longer a phase, you would also like branch out and be like, maybe we should go to a doctor. You know, yeah, absolutely, Nary, but you wouldn't jump to like shock therapy. You'd probably like have her talk to a therapist first. And well. Uh, I mean, if we're living in if we're living in eighteen fifty, if we're living in uh, you know eighteen fifty nine, that absolutely, the, the, but we're not the idea <laughs> that the idea of a therapist might as well be a magician. That what might as well be fucking Oz himself. Where you go, what you're gonna talk to somebody about your feelings and get and just get mentally better? That doesn't work that way. You need so, science. <laughs> Mike, real quick to answer your question, the reason I pushed for this so hard was because in um we were ha Chad, Nary, and I were having a discussion off camera. And Neri mentioned that Wizard of Oz was one of his like favorite books. And I was like, oh, have you seen Return? I was like, have you seen Return to Oz? And he's like, no, what's that? And Chad and I were both like, what? And I said, that's it. I'm like, right. we have to. We're like, we have to. Books, which uh, like the, the second the and third book. Right. A lot of the promotion yeah. of this movie apparently was like the 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 people who were making them the guy the director was like fired and then george lucas and a bunch of people were still like pushing for him to make the movie and yeah. then walter merch weird because they were like they were like how do we promote it because people are going to expect like a musical happy feel you know this this kind of like colorful musical and it's not man this movie is fucking like a childhood trauma factory like just producing image after image that if i yeah. would have seen this as a kid this i watched it for the first time for this podcast <laughs> If I would have seen this as a kid, I would like a fucking like there's so the head, the lady with the multiple heads that takes her heads off. Princess Mombi. Yes. With the, yes. With, Nightmare she, fuel. Nightmare <laughs> fuel. Even the good guys like like uh, fucking Jack, the pumpkin, pumpkin, Jack head. pumpkin head. Immediately, I was like, "Good lord, what a weird situation!" I, I have actually. So I remember. I also saw this movie for the first time today. This is the first time, or yesterday, I saw this movie for the first time. But I do recall as a child seeing images of pumpkin, of pumpkin head. But I didn't know that it was connected to this movie. I just remember. I didn't. I don't remember story. I remember it, but I do remember seeing images of pumpkin or Jack Jack Pumpkinhead or whatever his Jack name is. Jack Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very traumatizing. And I will say this. I will say, I will say this. The, the that's still not the creepiest thing. The two creepiest things for me were the wheelers, yes. and 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 the scarecrow. I was like, what the fuck? That's the scarecrow. Oh my god! It was super What's also messed up is that this movie was won an Oscar for the visual effects, 
which I think it deserved if you think about 1985. Yeah. The, 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 the Gnome King rock, like, uh, yeah. The way that they, it was like, it wasn't just like, it was, the way it was done was really good. The chicken, fucking the chicken, the talking chicken. I remember the first time, like when she starts talking, I was like, oh, fuck, it's a puppet. I was like, hey, that's great. You know, like, cause in that moment of like being, noticing how cheesy things look and all that stuff, I was fooled. I was like, oh, fuck, that's good. So like, I am, I am just such- very second years old when I found out it was a puppet. You're teaching me that it was a puppet. I legitimately <laughs> thought it was a real, I swear to God, I thought it was a real chicken. I was like, oh, okay. I swear to God, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not lying. They didn't exaggerate the chicken, you know, to make it like a prop. Like they literally made a real chicken and then just made it go like this. That's all they needed to do. But like, there was so much of this movie that visually, as an adult, I'm like, that looks amazing. But as a kid, would have fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he gets, um, oh, God, what's it? Well, he starts getting more and more human as more and more human. Yes. Yeah. Yes. As, as he absorbs, as he absorbs like this energy from these humans that he's turning into artifacts for his gallery, like he's pulling from them and becoming more and more human with each like soul that he takes. And it's just so dark. Yeah, the deadly <laughs> it's desert. so dark for a when, Disney movie. When that motherfucking gump, he's like, I'm just furniture, dog. I don't know what's up. And he starts breaking apart when he like yeah. eats. Everything is just such... I one of my my, one of my personal favorite scenes is when you see this big tough rock guy and he's like I'm the empire and I have magic sorcerer powers and I sit there and I'm like made out of solid rock and all this shit there and then you see him with the with the ruby shoes you're like oh that's adorable like he's just like ah and he's like wiggling his feet back and forth he's just moving his feet and you're just like oh that's awesome I I I was fully prepared to not like this movie I was fully prepared to be like oh here we go another early 80s mid 80s science fiction fantasy movie that i'm sure the the effects don't hold up like i would because of what we saw with willow i was like i'm sure the story was going to be good because i've read the stories because again these are one of the few books i've actually read is the wizard of oz books and i'm like so i'm sure i'm going to like the story but i'm it's going to be i'm i think the technology is going to be too it's going to be too distracting that's that's what i said uh to myself and then and then i uh, watch the movie and I'm like, this movie's fucking great. I'm in. It really was like, I could see, like, uh, genuinely as an adult, like, this is a, this was one of those, like, it was, I don't know, like, it, in the 80s, it didn't, it didn't know what it was. It didn't know what, if it was a kid's movie or like, like, it's, if it was targeted towards children, it had little Vicky Valancourt, Feruza Balk as a child, like playing, playing the character. And I was like, oh, that's Vicky Valancourt. But I don't like, know who that is. Little, that, the one from uh, Waterboy, the, the one from The Craft. Oh, that's her? Yes, that's her. Oh my God, that creepy. She grew to be super creepy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, she's, the thing is, is that you watch this movie and as an adult, like you see a bunch of people who were turned to stone and then had the, were smashed and had their heads removed. Like that, when you think about it, it's gory as fuck, man. That is fucking brutal. And then to have the lion and the tin man and the way she described the tin man as chopping off pieces of himself. Yeah, to, to, that's to, in the book. That's from the book. Fucking wild. Again, the books are supposed to, are you've read them. You told me that they were a lot better, like a lot more adult and dark. Than, yeah. Than- well, I was I was actually super happy when I saw that scene when she was describing her adventures in the original Oz and she was talking about 
the woodsman. First of all, she, the fact that she called him the woodsman is already a key hint that it's not a direct yeah. musical sequel or, or tonal sequel to the to the original movie because they called him the Tin Woodsman, which is something they do in the book. And the way she described how he became the Tin Woodsman, I'm like, that's exactly how it was in the book. I'm like, oh, okay, so I, this is a lot better for me. I, I, I dug the fuck out of this movie, man. I, I dug it. Also, I love the TikTok. We got to talk about TikTok. The guy inside TikTok was walking on his hands the whole time. I read it that it was a guy who uh, to get the movement right. He was like walking on his hands in a metal suit like that. Like, or- no, that's not. Well, there's pictures of him in the suit, and it's not necessarily. He was. He was. First of all, he was like five. He was like five six. And he he was so he was a short guy to begin with, whatever. Um, but the, the real the real yeah the real sad thing about him is that he died at the age of twenty eight, and I was like, oh yeah, so he died like in nineteen eighty nine, right right. I mean, this book was in eighty five. TikTok. Yeah, the guy who did TikTok. The guy the actor did TikTok. I loved I loved TikTok's design. It reminded me so much of the Golden Army from Hellboy Two, and I just yes. I, in my mind those movies are now in the same universe. And these were the like <laughs> he TikTok is part of the Golden Army. That's the like you know how he's oh. like the army of oh yeah. Knowing Guillermo del Toro, I'm sure he pulled some like uh, oh this was a reference from that type of shit. With, have, with no the mustache doubt. that moves, yeah. you know, like I loved it. I thought it was. I thought the style of the movie for being 1985 and the visuals and when you would see like the heads coming off and all the 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 the, the puppet work and everything, fucking solid n- movie, not for children but made for children. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's almost like the movie was made by kids, but not for kids. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I can only imagine. How I love that the Gump didn't want to go with them. The Gump was like, just leave me here. Yeah. You guys do this. This I'm not part of this. You guys, I didn't ask to be alive. I heard a loud bang, which is clearly a gun. Yeah, and he's like, you guys just leave me alone. Yeah. Let me die. Let me stay dead. Yeah, I love uh, that he was like, this whole new world, what is going on? He's like, I was walking. He's like, I was walking through a forest, and then now it's like, what? Where, what? He's at one point. He's like, I'm a sofa. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, and then the gnome king eats his body, and he just watches. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> when you break down some of the, he videos, just stares in horror as his like they save they save his head off the sofa, but the gnome king just like very happily yeah. eats, eats. And I, what I love about all of this is that there had to be a meeting about like okay this is what's gonna happen like a storyboard meeting and then he's gonna eat the body but the head's gonna watch him eat the body yeah and it's this, like this is a disney but, movie with a body count of eight and eight and a half <laughs> okay the body count has a higher, is eight and he has a higher and body and count it has a higher extra, body count than than top gun too <laughs> yeah man there's an extra half if you consider the gumps body but not his head so yeah, eight and a half Good. body count for this disney movie like the right, wheelers when the wheelers turn did you the deadly desert yeah i mean it's so come much, on so much nightmare fuel and then the at the end it's like a happy shiny happy end. but basically it's hey this is all real and you're the only one that can know that it's real so just keep your mental health under wraps and never discuss it with anybody right. and then point the mirror away you know like like it's literally like such a bad analogy for dealing with mental health that, that it's like keep all those thoughts and feelings hidden inside 
you know. And Jean Marsh is as Princess Mombi. She's also, I don't know if you noticed, right? But well, this is also in the Willow universe because yes, she she is amazing in this movie. She is so that scene where she comes out and she like wakes up the wheelers and she is just at the highest level of pissed off that like she Fucking could wild. be. She's terrifying. Yeah. She's yeah. absolutely terrifying. She tries to bite Dorothy as she went as she went for the powder of life, which come on, man. Yeah. That's I that's clearly an actor's choice. That's clearly an actor's choice to be like, I'm gonna go ahead and reach and try to bite her as she reaches for this powder next to my head, my detached head. Like that, I don't know that's an guys, actor's choice, man. I don't know if you guys noticed all of the all of the parallels between Oz and the real world scenes, like at the at the mental hospital, right? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Princess Mombi is actually also Nurse Wilson, yeah. and the yeah. known king is Doctor Worley. Right. You know, and um, yeah. even the lead wheeler, he's an orderly. You know, pushing the cart like it's yeah. For some reason, the eighties half bald guys like the 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 balding, but like j- they don't shave their head; they just have the like that's the most threatening bad guy yeah. in the in the in the world in the eighties was a guy who was almost like balding. Like he's not bald. He's balding and he's got his weird, like whatever hair that's left done. And I'm, I'm always like, why is that such an eighties thing? Like just shave his head. He wouldn't have been scarier. Like I didn't get, he was, uh-huh. he looked less threatening because of the fact that he was, his hair looked like that. That's hilarious. All right. So Mike has to, Mike has to be getting out of here. So we got to wrap this up. So uh, the Rotten Tomatoes on, on uh, return to Oz, the critics have it at 56%, which is technically still rotten. And the audience score is 71%. So that's a despair. That's oof, that's a that's a big one there. Um, anyways, so what what would you guys give it? What do you rate it, uh, Hilda? Five hard five. Five out of five stolen heads. Five out of five stolen heads. Uh, Mike, uh, I'm going to give it. Um, if you know what you're getting into, it's a four out of five PTSD for kids. <laughs> <laughs> post-traumatic events uh nightmare inducing for children you know it's really dark and if you know if you know that going in and and you you know what you're ready for it's a great watch like it really moves it's got a lot going on and it it paid like it, it's all rewarding you know like it feels it feels terrible but in the right way like it's like you're just like oh this is so fucked up but in a good way I, i'm having a hard time de- uh deciding whether or not i'm going to show it to my daughter or not uh, I'm like, ooh, she's only 11. I don't know if she's mentally prepared. I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for this shit. Uh, I, I know. Be it's a lot. It's a lot. So, so I'm going to go with four out of five. I was going to say Belinda's. That was my original thing was going to be four out of five Belinda's. But I think Belinda. now it's going to be Belinas. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go with four out of five wheelers. I'm going with four out of five wheelers. Because to me, they were the creepiest thing in the fucking movie, man, to be honest with you. The way they were hunched over, you know, that's just super creepy to me. Yeah. Super creepy. Anyways, all right. So that's our that's our podcast. That's our episode. Thank you very much, for guys, for checking us out. Make sure you check us out on all, all of our um, social medias, which is at Movie Bros with an S Pod, uh, except for Twitter. Twitter's Movie Bro Pod, Movie Bros Pod underscore at the end. But everything else, go to our Instagram. Check out our Instagram. Uh, it's trying to be more active. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. And if you hit me up with a, a like and review on either. Uh, iTunes or what's the other main one? 
Spotify. Reviews. Spotify. If you hit me up with a screenshot of the reviews, I will send you free merch. So do me that favor. Uh, tag us at Movie Bros Pod on on uh, the social medias. And in the review, give us the rating system. It's not stars. It's four out of five whatevers. But give us five stars. But tell us what you're rating us on. Look, comments. Hilda has stickers. Hilda, Hilda, Hilda went and bought, <laughs> bought stickers. Yeah. Uh, anyways, love you guys. Thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, check out the other podcasts on the Geek Bro Network that include, but are not limited to, the Better Let Me Tell You podcast, uh, Shiver, the horror movie podcast, Kickflix, the movie po- the um, martial arts movie podcast that I do with Mike and with uh, with Jeff. Uh, Jeff Season 2 of Cramacopia came out. All of these can be found at geekbro.net. You guys are great. Love you guys. Thank you very much. That's how f- movies are reviewed. Bye.